All right, it's your boy Jay Barber with Studio Noise in partnership with State Home Gallery. They created a program that was is nurturing young curators. And so I got teamed up with one Miss Jasmine Wilson. And the show she curated for State Home Gallery was called Inward. It's an exhibition inspired by our collective isolation and intimate encounters with ourselves. Inward centers the work of artists who confront their beauty, identity, and personal struggles through portraiture. I'm so glad to be with one of the artists from the show, Miss Lillian Chung. How you doing, Lillian? I'm doing great, Jamal. How are you? I'm good. Uh, so before we like get into work from the show, like tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am um, an artist and art educator. I um, live and work in um, Maryland, and I live in a suburb of southwest, a little bit of Baltimore in Ellicott City. Um, I'm a mom. I have two kids that are three and five. Um, and I, uh, I dabble a lot in all kinds of different mediums in photography in painting, drawing. Um, and so I, yeah, I keep myself really busy with doing all kinds of different things. Um, but mostly at heart, I'm a painter. That's what's up, yo. True artist right there, yo. Keeping herself inspired. We're doing all kinds of uh, different stuff. We'll, maybe we'll get into that a little bit, too, as we go forward. But tell us how your experience was in your art practice going into the pandemic and everything that went on last year. So going into the pandemic, you know, I would say before the pandemic, I, my art practice was always there, but it was kind of on the back burner you know, this thing that because I'm, I have my hands full with my children and with full-time job teaching high school art, um, I, you know, was only able to really work on my own personal work maybe once a week, you know, and then time, the times changed with being home in, uh, during quarantine. Uh, there's, I was almost in my studio just about every day. Um, wow. it be, yeah, it became a daily routine. And so that was a really new thing for me. Um, I originally, I went to the Maryland Institute College of Art. So I had that art school experience with a lot of studio time, but while I was in art school, I was always working as well to kind of, you know, pay rent, waitressing, bartending, you name it. I was doing summer gigs, teaching summer, you know, art camp. And so I didn't really ever have that time to, you know, have a daily practice. And so that was one of the gifts of this quarantine experience was being able to actually be in my studio every day. Right. Yeah. And so did you find yourself being much more productive than you usually are? Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like productivity has never been an issue for me. I really love to create and, um, you know, and I always have ideas, but it was just, being able to keep coming back to it every day and work on something without getting interrupted as much. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm still, of course, getting interrupted by my kids, but, um, and, you know, teaching online from home, which is a lot, was a lot. Um, but just being able to kind of work with, work with it and evolve with the work, you know, more frequently than just like once a week as I had been before. Right. Yeah. Cause it's so much other things that go into, being a teacher, right? The traveling, being there and talking to the students, the interactions, the staff, the meetings and, you know, all that other stuff uh, is the stuff that gets in the way, right? It's not just a nine to five job. It's the other, you know, two or three hours um, before and after that you have to go through to get ready for it. 
Yes. Yeah. There's so much homework outside of it for sure. For sure. And so what was your experience like teaching like during this time? You know, I um, kind of changed everything that I was doing at the time. Kind of, I mean, some of my units that I was teaching, we literally just hit the pause button and uh, you know, some of them we were able to kind of wing it still others. I just kind of uh, took what we were all going through and uh, created lessons and units that were related to that. So like I teach photography and we started making, you know, documentary work about our experiences at home. So I was asking them to photograph things such as objects of comfort, you know, things Mm. that they were using at the time to provide comfort through their, you know, experience in isolation. Um, Similar in a similar way with my art classes where we're working more with drawing and painting uh, really similar things where, you know, they were making drawings of um, that were kind of representing just kind of like their experiences and processing everything that was going on in the world. Right. And so at what point did you think you started uh, upon the work that you put into the show? So the work that I put into the show, um, you know, it kind of just happened naturally over time. It, I, so I obviously put in a, a self-portrait into the show. And um, in that self-portrait, you know, it was kind of like this collection of all my different feelings and thoughts, anxieties, sensations over time. And But the way it began during quarantine was I, um, you know, started photographing myself. Um, I have a little 35 millimeter Nikon camera and I was actually mostly using that most of the time. I, I processed my own film at home and that became like a hobby for me is processing film at home mm. in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so part of it was like, I just wanted to fill my role at first just to, you know, be able to do that with my hands during my time. And, but then it became like this very cathartic experience of like, you know, I was on my days of feeling kind of just paralyzed by fear, you know, just feeling like I don't, you know, is is our time going to run out sooner than we thought? You know, we, in the beginning, back in March of 2020 and April, it was just so scary. Right. Just the headlines. And I just felt so overwhelmed by the anxiety that surrounding that, you know, the unknown, not knowing when is life going to go back to quote unquote normal? Are we going to be okay? You know, fearing for my children and my husband who was still having to go to work and, um, And so I started, you know, taking these pictures of myself in these kind of in-between poses, sometimes just standing there in the kitchen, staring off to space, another time uh, lying on the floor of my garage, you know, lying in my driveway, these moments where I just felt like, you know, kind of really defeated by my anxiety. And so it started with that. And then um, eventually I started playing with image transfers and I had done some printmaking with a face mask and had done a painting where I kind of transferred one of those self portraits onto the face mask and had made a painting through that. And then this whole series just started to unfold where I just kept taking my self portraits and kind of putting them in different sort of positions and then also kind of creating a landscape out of it. Mm. Um, I've always enjoyed kind of creating a space, you know, with paint in an abstract kind of way. And then the piece I submitted for the show, it's called uh, an accumulation of split seconds until she made it here. It was kind of like this feeling of like, almost as if your life is flashing before your eyes. 
and I kind of took, you know, I had done different image transfers of like some of the things, some images that I had taken, such as like shadows on my driveway, different like light refractments um, or refractions, I mean, uh, and things from nature and kind of just sort of collaged it, transferred it, and then drew in my self-portrait within and kind of created this world that sort of honored just all of these different anxieties and and uh, struggle, but also trying to paint it in a way that felt, you know, uplifting and empowering, like, you know, uh, trying to find beauty in, in this hard time that feels like you're at, not in control. Right. I've, I've, I sense that there was some sort of self-reflection that was going on the whole time in just photographing yourself. Now, we, and some of these pictures are on your website, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, I, I'm making sure that's what I'm referencing <laughs> when I, as I talk <laughs> about it. But yeah, some of these pictures. So tell me a little bit about these pictures and the process of taking these pictures. Like, did you find moments of, of a long time to do it and focus on it? Or are there kids like right off frame, like <laughs> like playing with toys <laughs> and things like that? Like, how did you make space enough for you to, to kind of explore this? I feel like it was a combination of both. Sometimes it was, you know, when they were taking their naps. Um, other times they were just kind of playing off to the side and I would just hit the self timer and set up the camera and go for it. Yeah, my my children see me take pictures constantly, so it wasn't anything that was unusual to them. Mm. Yeah, um, it was just, I always have a camera around somewhere and would just kind of have these moments of, I don't know. It's kind of like you're in between feeling right. and that's when I would grab the camera, not necessarily when I was feeling like, you know, a huge level of sadness or really happy, but just like these in between moments where you're almost kind of numb and just feeling just, you know, kind of discontent, like unsettled. And you're just, again, like it was the unknown that was driving me crazy. Right. And, when and you, that was, yeah. No, nah, well, we're, I'm sorry, I interrupted your thought, but when you look at these pictures, are do you see it as you taking pictures of you or taking pictures of somebody? Like how much are you relating to the feelings and as you look through those works? I I I whew, that's a hard question for me. Um, because it kind of I used myself in the beginning for kind of just a tool for representing my experience that I knew was very universal at the time for so many other people, you know, so it wasn't necessarily totally about me mm -hmm. because I knew there are so many other people, you know, mothers um, who are kind of just completely overwhelmed right now and in the thick of it and also feeling really isolated. And so that's kind of what, what I was feeling as I was taking those pictures was, trying to honor this experience that many of us are having together. Yeah. And, and did you approach it that way as if, cause I'm, 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 I'm asking these questions cause I'm thinking about the way that an artist processes a self portrait, right? You could either mm -hmm. use yourself as a cipher for other people in these kind of emotional feelings. Like you were saying, the feelings of isolation seen with you as the subject. Um, coincidentally, or you as the subject intentionally, like, are you exploring yourself and your own personal feelings? And so I, I find that fascinating, especially since you, you have taken 
so many photographs of yourself. I wonder what are what is your thought process as you look back onto it? Um, and are you able to, or do you even, does it enter your mind that this is you? Does that make sense? Oh yeah. I mean, I would say in the beginning, you know, the first photographs I had done, it was very much just kind of, again, tuning into what other people were experiencing. So less about myself. Right. And then it became more about myself. Right. So like the, again, the painting that, you know, for the show, that is very much about me more than other people. Right. You know, that was really me turning inward to myself and my honoring my time, you know, as a person, my personal history, but it didn't begin that way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fascinating. You know, there's a piece of writing that goes along with uh, the picture uh, on your website. I'm going to read it out. Cause I thought it was, I thought it was really great. Uh, similar to stretch marks, scars and wrinkles. What, if we have marks all over our bodies that trace the remnants of our past experience and memories, what if they are all, what if they are there already, but we can't quite see them layers upon layers of memories and encounters piled up among us. Our bodies become time capsules themselves. Like tell me about that writing. And as it relates to the picture um, that you have in the show. Yeah. I just, you know, kind of was thinking about the one when I was applying the paint and kind of just building up the texture of it, I was thinking about just almost like creating this map throughout my body and thinking about it like a personal timeline. And, and then I was thinking, you know, what if we could see so many other marks other than just the stretch marks and the bruises or the scars, you know, what if our bodies visibly did show everything that we had been through, you know, the unseen things. And, um, and so that's kind of what I was really thinking about is just this feeling of time. You know, time is something that weighs really heavily on me. I feel like I kind of have a different experience with it or appreciation for it than um, many other people might have. Mm -hmm. um, I lost both my parents at a sort of young age and, um, you know, they both battled and lost the fight to addiction. Mm. And because of that, it's like, I just have such a heavier uh, feeling about time and how precious it is. And so that has always been something that kind of also plays a part of why I think about some of these things and why I'm layering all these marks that are kind of talking about um, things that are hard mm -hmm. is, just, you know, I just realize how precious it is. Is there, is there also something there about um, the figure being in isolation? In that in that particular piece, yes. Um, like, sort of, <laughs> it's so hard to explain because a lot of the work I make is very intuitive. It's not necessarily, it's really most of the time not planned. Um, but when you look at the composition and the way the shapes are arranged, it's like, I'm sitting there and I, I was isolated when I took the photograph. I very much felt that isolation was during that time. But then I also kind of created this world, my kind of inner world within it in the background. Right. Almost like at this atmospheric kind of setting. What was your pandemic situation? Like how were you set up and, and what was it like? Um, so I was, you know, at home with my two kids, you know, they were, their school was shut down. Um, they're really little, so I can't just, 
you know, tell them to go be independent, yeah. <laughs> taking care of them the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, teaching online school through Google Meet. And uh, my husband at the time was working uh, for a restaurant that was still, you know, running. And so he was still going to work every day in Baltimore. And I was just, uh, you know, taking care of the kids, also doing online classes at the same time. Um, you know, but I am really very fortunate. I have, you know, I live in an area where I have a yard and right. this outside space. There's some woods right behind my house. So we're able to like really, you know, be in nature a lot and go for walks. Um, you know, it's not like I was stuck inside an apartment building this whole time. You know, there were, there was a lot of time spent outside. And I think that's kind of evident in the piece where, you know, I have some of these reflections in nature and light um, that kind of became a part of that isolating experience. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And I appreciate the color palette as work too. Is Do you follow this color palette a lot or was it, um, it makes the, the palette makes me think of solace, right? The word that pops to mind, like some sort of serenity uh, with such the cool tones and the purples and in the blues that's involved in it. Um, tell me about that a little bit. Yeah. The color palette I chose um, was something that just, you know, unraveled. I mean, the painting actually took many different forms before it arrived at what it looks like now. I think originally there were, there was a ton of blue and it just felt kind of dark and heavy. Mm. And then I kind of went over the whole thing with a lot of purples and sort of built it up from there. I like, there is, there is something about this painting that to me feels, um, you know, very empowering. Like I was isolated and feeling alone, but also like, you know, making these reflections and representations of like my personal time and all these things about kind of like my life. And I was sort of using some colors that kind of felt very feminine. I love the, the idea that purple can kind of represent um, royalty in a way. Mm -hmm. And like, it was my grandmother's favorite color. And I remember her favorite purple coat and how she felt like a queen in it. And I kind of was thinking about some of those little things with some of my color choices um, and, you know, building up the skin tone, I was using some, you know, skin color, different skin colors, but also kind of just adding in some other colors that, you know, just kind of play into, again, that idea of like, what if we had so many different marks for all the experiences that we've been through, Right. Yeah. you know, yeah. what might those colors be? Yeah, I think that's great, Joe. And I and it, I think that's a testament to uh, intuitively you probably couldn't have made a map of this piece before you started working on it. You know what I mean? Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, that's just not the way it works. I've tried to plan things out and I'll plan out like kind of a composition, which I definitely did for this painting. You know, I planned out kind of how it was going to be arranged. But when it comes to the colors and the way I'm going to layer things, it it just has to happen naturally through yeah. the process itself yeah absolutely and you have a whole series of of works in this in this kind of vein yes um and yeah that's another reason why you know i um submitted that piece was you know it kind of became this sort of uh pivotal piece that you know kind of took everything that i love to work with painting drawing and photography 
And, you know, it's sort of all packed into one there. And after doing that piece of myself, I started doing more of other people as well. I mean, I'm still doing a lot of self portraits, but um, like there are other people that I met who have had similar experiences of, again, feeling isolated and, you know, struggling with anxiety. And just so it became this this series that kind of unraveled that's well really about unraveling that's what it's called um that's kind of about you know my the questions i would ask my these people that i have done it with these women is uh you know what do you do in your moments of unraveling what do you do with your body you know Mm -hmm. and it would just really fascinate me to hear different responses how some people pull at their hair you know or um you know kind of curl up in a ball in a fetal position on the floor or some people, um, you know, kind of pull at the back of their neck. And so I started like getting really, you know, just making a lot of photography surrounding that and then started making some paintings in response, kind of taking this similar kind of process I did in um, this painting that I am talking about today and applying it to other people as well. And kind of thinking about like, you know, how can I take their experience that's really hard and, you know, something that feels like is not in their control and sort of making a piece that lifts it up and makes them feel empowered. Right. And I think even asking the question that way, like what were you doing in your moments of unraveling uh, is such a descriptive term, right? And it, and it, it leads away from like, you know, if you had asked, like, what do you do when you feel alone? Like it does, it's not the same, Right. I think I think that is a very interesting way of posing the question. Yeah, and everyone has a story. I don't think I ever got somebody who said I don't really do anything or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, or what or what is that? <laughs> like, yeah, they know exactly what you what you mean when you say it. That's wonderful, yo. Thank you. Yeah, so what do you think you learned about yourself during this process? Um, well, so I think I really just realized how much I was kind of bottling. It's not that I was bottling things up, but realized how I wasn't really owning my own story and finding ways to let it into the work. Um, you know, I mentioned the loss that I've experienced. I had this really crazy childhood and, um, it was painful. And so, you know, year a couple years ago I had done, um, something called EMDR therapy, if I remember correctly, it stands for eye movement desensitization. Mm. Oh, I'm so close. I'm just missing the <laughs> R. <laughs> reprocessing. Right. And it's, it's uh, something I did with my therapist where I, you know, kind of reprocessed um, traumatic memories, traumatic experiences. And, and the whole goal of it is by doing this, you know, you desensitize these really, troubling experiences that if you don't deal with it, it, you carry it with you and, you know, you're not living your best life by carrying that with you. And so, you know, I went through that with uh, my therapist and that became, I think what kind of ignited this whole project was like this idea of like sort of reprocessing things, you know, hardship, struggle, trauma, and kind of like taking control over it and i just realized by doing this work this year with these self-portraits and working with others is just like for so long i was kind of making work that was you know it was it's not that it wasn't real it was real and it was vulnerable but it 
I was kind of keeping everything a secret. You mm. know, I was making these abstract paintings right. that I knew what was going on in it and what it was about, but the viewer would never know. And, you know, my, even the way I spoke about my work, it was just very ambiguous, you know, and uh, just kind of, I think through this work, I've just learned about how I think important it is for me to, you know, step into my story and take ownership over it, reclaim power over it, and not without feeling this sense of shame or fear of judgment. Right. I love that, Joe. That's that's absolutely amazing, yo. So you definitely got something great <laughs> out of the <laughs> pandemic if you could come away like that. That's amazing, yo. So tell everybody yeah. where, they, where they can find your work and where they can keep up with you. So you can find me on social media. I have uh, an Instagram account in there, of course, like everyone else. Um, it's uh, at Lillian and it's three underscores. And um, my website is lillianchun.com. Um, I have, you know, a whole series of different projects I'm working on constantly because I like, you know, again, I play around a lot with between photography and painting and some other things. So, um yeah, that is where you can find me. Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely look for you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me, Jamal. That's it for this special episode of Studio Noise. Just think of these special episodes as the mini artist talk to go along with the show. The virtual online exhibition, Inward, you can find it at stayhomegallery.com slash exhibitions slash Inward. So check out the work from the show. Come back, listen to the artists for the show. It's all a good time, baby. <laughs> That's what we do. And of course, if you like what you hear, you want to hear more from Studio Noise. We got over 117 episodes in the archive ready for you to check out. Just waiting. All the artists, black artists that you want to know, that you need to know right here on the noise we sure do appreciate you thank you for listening come back hear the rest of the artists in the show come back for more noise and we'll see y'all next time appreciate you